Hello everyone and welcome to Pooligans Palooza, a special celebration of the one year anniversary of this year Pooligans podcast. Last week we brought you the one and only Julie Mason in a 90 minute interview that all of you have of course already listened to and should absolutely listen to again. This week we switched the spotlight on to our Pooligans. Yes, the dedicated listeners of the POTUS Press Pool on Sirius XM Channel 124 are getting their moment in the sun, and we wanted to check in with them, see what has changed for them over the past year, what has remained the same. These confessionals, by the way, were meant to be kept to a tidy 10 minutes per person. That was the plan anyway, but, you know, getting off of these pooligans together, and then they get chatty, and then they start with the puns, and then hilarity ensues. You'll occasionally hear them refer to the dorm, which, as many of you already know, is not a physical place, but that's a Twitter chat room for our podcast alumni, and many of them visit and chat there on an almost daily basis. And the chat room, to be frank, has not been everybody's cup of tea. But those that have stuck around have come to know each other quite well. You'll also hear about the efforts some hooligans have made to meet each other in real life and how all of that went. The good news is they're all still alive, so it didn't go that badly. Now, if you call something a Pooligans Palooza, it can, of course, not only be one episode. No, we have several episodes for you. You'll hear all kinds of stories. You'll hear from over a dozen Pooligans, their update on a year that has passed and what they think is going to happen. You know, working up to that small little November 6, 2020 election type of thing. So here they are, your favorites and my personal favorites. I love them all dearly. Here we go. Daniel, this is insane. What time is it where you are? One something? One forty-five a.m. That's the yeah, kind of dedication we have around here. Yeah, I know. I, I really can't complain, though. A Another gentleman just transposed the song for me, 30 seconds of a song for me, and, and recorded it on his piano in order to make the intro music for this. Was that Brandon? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Since our since our friend Bubbles is going to have to to leave soon and and only has a limited window, uh, if if we could, if it's all right with the two of you, then we would start maybe with Bubbles. Yeah, it's fine with me. Fine with me. Okay, I am Bubbles the Vampire, and I tweet at Bubbles Vampire. I actually had the the terrific honor of being on the very first uh, Pooligans uh, podcast. Woo! And thank you. Yay! Thank you. Um, so one of the cool things, lots of changes happened in my life. I, for one, I moved cross country. I was in Georgia when I recruited the, uh, uh, recorded the first, uh, pool against podcast. And then not long after that took a transcontinental move and went out to Seattle. So I have not quite been here a year. It'll be a year on the fourth. So I've had all kinds of changes and the move has been from a personal perspective and a business perspective, absolutely fantastic. For one thing, it's not a hundred million degrees and I don't live in hell's own waiting room anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's actually quite like a fairyland uh, out here, uh, which is fantastic. And one of the great things about being a pooligan is that um, I have actually met in person uh, quite a few pooligans uh, through our connections. And one of the first friends I made here, I met both JC and Leah. And then later I've met Andrew, who I've met actually a couple of times, um, and Barty as well. And then I met Obi in Pittsburgh, and I met Denise in Western Massachusetts. So I've got friends all over the country, uh, specifically. Uh, because of the Pooligans uh, podcast. So that's been absolutely fantastic. What has it been like, Bubbles, to transpose those relationships from online to real life? Were these people who you expected them to be? Yeah, actually, they were. Um, and they're all different in their in their own way. In fact, uh, JC and I just made a date to have some lunch uh, in the middle of next week. Um I guess I gushed so much about that uh, grilled cheese sandwich I sent you all that (laughs) (laughs) you roped her in she wants her what the fuck meter uh, downwardly adjusted so um, (laughs) we're gonna see if we can't uh, get her to a a nice mellow one at least for an hour or so uh, which will be a tall order Um, and meeting Obi was fantastic his wife is charming and um, they were so interesting um, to, to get to talk to in person and they've done so much in their life. And of course, you know, he's on the school board and, and so he's just endlessly, uh, fascinating to listen to. 
And um, I know that that um, I guess speculation. I'm not sure if that's the right word. You know, it, it's I think it's common knowledge that Denise and I often butt heads uh, mm-hmm. in the discussion room, and it's and it's almost remarkable when the two of us agree on something. So the idea that we would meet in person, I think, had lots of tongues a wagon uh, on the uh, in in the dorm, but. Uh, we had an absolutely fantastic time. She's super charming and picked a winter restaurant. And uh, I loved hanging out with her. I wish I lived closer to Denise, actually. Joanne would like you to know that the Eagles are the best. Oh, okay. That is, she speaking of ribbing you, I guess. Yeah, the, the Eagles aren't even worth me me getting into. You have found your new foil. I'm not going to, no, I'm not going <laughs> to even take the bait on that one i'm much more engaged uh with the beatles stuff i happen to know she's a big beatles fan so she can try all she wants ribbing me with the eagles but i like the eagles so i'll be right in there with them that's fine ma i grew up in a in a small town in arkansas and we had one pop station and uh like six country stations so uh the pop station played a lot of eagles uh you know to stay competitive and frankly if i hear seven bridges road one more time in my lifetime it'll be too soon (laughs) so well the eagles concert is where i took my son when we celebrated my divorce so what can i say (laughs) see all kinds of bridges happen across she wants to compound her misery i guess Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you teed that one up, Ma. I couldn't let that I one know, go. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. So, and I found all kinds of pooligans or cheese lovers, which I absolutely love. And we've had Present. so many. I wish I lived where I could get some of the cheeses that you talk about. Oh, they're there. You could make cheese pilgrimages, Ma. You just schedule a day and go to a big city and, and you know, hit all the places. That's lots gotcha. of fun. What area of yeah. the country do you live yeah. in, Ma? Uh, I live in the Shenandoah Valley in Stanton, which is spelled S-T-A-U-N-T-O-N, but pronounced Stanton. It's right where I-64 and I-81 oh, meet. I'm sure there's got to be some cheese around there somewhere. <laughs> So I don't remember the name of it, uh, Ma, but there's an excellent cheese shop in Winchester, which, I mean, I can't, that can't be an hour from you. Uh, it's about an hour, right. Yeah, Winchester's right up 81. Yep. So um, there's a decent, there's actually a really good cheese shop in Winchester, and I cannot remember the name of it. I had a good friend that lived in Front Royal, and <laughs> I've seen many concerts in Wolf Trap. Uh, which, Ditto, me too. Yeah, isn't too far from you. My favorite one was Barry Manilow. That was awesome. Oh my was God. He said every song he sings sounds the same. Oh, you're killing me, Ma. You're killing oh me. Oh my God. Did you just put, did you just put <laughs> Barry Manilow did. on this podcast? Is that what you just did? A fanalo. A fanalo. This is even worse than when you said you love Tay Tay. I love Tay Tay. Oh my God. It's getting. This is it. This is a terrible podcast. Why did I ever come up with this thought? This was terrible. Daniel, uh, there's one thing that this podcast has done for me is that I stopped listening to music when my child was born, about the time Yellow Submarine Beatles album. <laughs> And so you guys have all this music references in the dorm that I have not a clue what you're talking about. And thank God every once in a while somebody will post a YouTube of whatever it is they're talking about. And I feel like I might have joined the last quarter of a century of music just a little bit from having listened to the podcasts and getting in the dorm. So here's something that I've been thinking about, Ma, that we're going to do in the dorm. We're going to find a format of sharing playlist where several people can work on one playlist. And we're going to have all of the music lovers compile said playlist for everyone so that the the references are clearer and everybody can share their musical proclivities and and whatever it is that you want to listen to that you hear people talking about will be easily accessible without excessive Google searching. How would that be? That sounds, that sounds great. great. You yeah. You won't, yeah, you won't get a playlist from me because I listen to talk radio. But you For know. the purpose of this podcast, Mom, that is actually the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to a whole lot of new stuff, so I'll have a, I'll have a good playlist for you. Good. Okay, so, good. so that, is, that is really exciting. Uh, my friend Bubbles, you being... You being the OG of the of the podcasting, we started this a year and a day ago. Yep. Where did you think at the time that this was going to go? It's gone where I thought it would go, in the direction I thought it would go, and you know about the speed I thought it would go. The one thing I am a little surprised about is 
<clears throat> how many uh, professionals uh, that you've yes. managed to, to lure uh, into your dark web. Um, mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. uh, favorably impressed by that, and that's a that's a pretty cool thing. And I, I'm also surprised that we've got uh, quite a few uh, Canadians that are hooligans. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that, so that's been a cool thing too. Yeah, I don't know whether you remember this, but one of your pleas on the first podcast was that Julie Mason was not following you, and you really wanted her to follow you. <laughs> do you remember those those early and innocent times? I, I do indeed. And she follows me now. So thank you very much for the podcast <laughs> for doing that. So yes. <laughs> See, I when she did that, I felt like the podcast had in fact already fulfilled its primary duty. <laughs> it was a good day. What are your thoughts here as we're about to step into Democratic primary season? Well, I kind of feel like that, you know, we've all been... Um, We've all been condemned to 100 lashes, and we're 50 lashes in, and we're just holding on to the pole and chomping down on that leather, just counting the time where we can end our life in hell. Oh, the imagery. A much heavier S&M imagery than I uh, anticipated. Now, you don't have to go there. This is just pure cruelty and punishment there. So uh, I will be glad when it's over and um, we can wake up from this horrible national nightmare and um, remember what it's like when America was awesome. And as far as the candidates go, frankly, I I really don't give a shit. I would vote for any Democratic candidate out there uh, over Donald Trump. So I just want to win. My friend, thank you for believing that this would actually be a thing from the beginning. You've been a true friend to this podcast and an inspiration to a lot of the listeners. So thanks for that. Well, you're welcome. I'm just, uh, you know, an inspiration to all the people aspiring to uh, roast vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) That you are. All right. Well, I tweet as at Adam Reisner, R-E-I-Z-N-E-R. Uh, my handle is John Bolton's intrepid mustache, which is courtesy of <laughs> Julie Mason, as that is how she always addresses John Bolton. Uh, over the uh, last year or so, uh, we've seen a lot of changes. The uh, WTF meter has pretty much had a sledgehammer taken to it, and it's broken. So uh, just kind of uh, trying to figure out how to live life in a collapse of society. But... Uh, but try to stay positive. Being a pooligan has been absolutely great for me uh, since we started, and actually since even before we started. Uh, the press pool itself has been the way I've gotten uh, introduced to a lot of news sources. Uh, being a pooligan online and, and via Twitter has helped to introduce me to a lot of people, some like-minded, well, I should say mostly like-minded, but a few not-so-like-minded, <laughs> like Andy. Uh, but uh, it's it's been an incredibly enjoyable experience it's you know it it's helped my own personal wtf meter uh to be kind of tapered down a little bit because i know that i have a big group of people that feel for the most part the same way as i do and being able to game it out and speak with other people even in having disagreements about the upcoming election you know it's at least what I found of Pooligans is that we all seem to be a reasonable group, even <laughs> the one or two that, that are just completely diametrically opposed to what I think. But even those people hate Trump. So I guess it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> largely true. Largely yeah. true. Uh-huh. You haven't met any Pooligans in person, have you? I have not yet. But uh, there is always an open invitation as long as I've got a little bit of notice that anybody who comes to town... Uh, I will be happy to cook for them. Uh, Where's town? The town is, I am north of Chicago, about, uh, as I like to refer to it, about seven miles south of the Cheddar Curtain, and about uh, seven or eight miles in from Lake Michigan in a very little okay. town called Round Lake Beach. Okay. So any anybody who comes to town, just give me some notice, preferably for a weekend, and I'll throw on a pork butt or, or some ribs or something good, but uh, barbecue's my thing. That, that, is, that is very kind of you, and now my mouth is watering, so uh, thank yeah. you for that. At 2.06 yeah. a.m. in uh, here in Basel, Switzerland, my mouth has officially started watering. No barbecue there? 
No barbecue here. Sorry, barbecue, unfortunately, not a Swiss thing at all. I did have fondue tonight, though, so I'm... Oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> That's right, Bubbles. I had some fondue, and it was you delicious. Asshole. Well, both of you guys, frankly, Adam, if you want to move to Seattle and start a barbecue business, I, I guarantee you, you'd make bank. I know, because they don't know how to make barbecue out west. Odd, no. Odds are with it where we're going to end up is probably going to be in the Fort Myers, Florida area, but but it is tempting. That's not going to help me. It's, yeah, I know. It's it's much cooler up there in the Pacific Northwest. But I, I like sunshine. So, and I understand that's hard to come by up there. Yeah, maybe not the Pacific Northwest then. <laughs> right. After our first podcast, when we realized that we really needed to do pet segments, because pets are one of those things that we haven't talked about yet tonight, but yes. that, that, were, uh, that were important to all of us. And, and there's a lot of pet pictures that are, that are shared on a near daily basis. We named that pet segment that we did from then on out on a lot of different podcasts. We named it Adam's Pet Survey. And so I wanted to ask you, we recently renamed it. If you would like to announce that tonight, if that's something that you want to do, then I think you you should be able to do that yourself. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, For those who don't know, uh, the reason that that would be is because Penny, who was my older dog... Uh, She passed away late last month. Uh, She had cancer, which unfortunately, unlike humans who can tell you something's wrong, uh, who knows how long she had it. And she had uh, metastatic lymphoma that wound up becoming lung cancer. So um, it was a very rapid decline and I miss her greatly. But uh I thought, are we going with uh, Penny's Pet Survey? We're going to go with whatever you choose, sir. Actually, the one I like, um, Penny's Pet Corner. because oh, like Because Penny always yeah. liked to find herself a nice corner to curl up in. That is that is the best name that that segment could possibly have. Well, so thank you. Penny's Pet Corner, it is from here on out. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. And I actually, Margarita, was that's the other dog. That's the one who, on the podcast I was a part of, She's the one who started the barking, and I thought she was actually about to again because she ran around the couch and she was staring out the window. So you never know with her. She's she's a little ball of energy. She's welcome to do any barking that she wishes to do. <laughs> she won't perform today. She'll, she'll be quiet. I know it. Well, that's what we have Ma's uh, grandfather clock for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, my name is Melissa. I am at DruffM on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is Ma Druff. My name is Melissa Ann Druff, and so when you put it together, you either get Ma Druff or after my initials, whichever way you want to look at it. I made some notes, Daniel, when you sent the question out earlier, so I'll try. I, I knew you would. I knew you would, because you are meticulous like that. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank you for having started the podcast, because I didn't listen to it from the first. I didn't start listening to it. Um, started catching up in December, right before Christmas. And I have gone back and re-listened to a lot of them um, because one of the things I want to do is interview Daniel at some point in time when we can ever get it together. Um, But thank you for starting it um, because it's opened a whole new world to me. I also want to thank Julie Mason because without her, then Daniel wouldn't have started the podcast. So, and I also appreciate how much she periodically promotes the podcast. Um, What's happened to me over the last, since December is when I've been listening to it, although I've listened to POTUS Press Pool a lot longer than that. It's led me to meeting all the people that are in the social dorm. Um, Like I said earlier, it's music that I've never listened to. Um, there's awesome research talent, um, in the dorm. There's one particular person that I don't care what you are talking about. He can come up with a meme or a YouTube video or some (laughs) research. He Googles something and then there's an article that you can read about whatever it is, um, that you are talking about in the dorm at that particular point in time. I've had to learn to use Twitter and after tonight, I've had to learn how to do Chrome. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a difficult time with sometimes with computers. Um, another thing that I've found about being in the dorm is people will ask a question 
and someone in the dorm will either have a real answer for it or they'll make a smart ass answer to it. And um, <laughs> there are some that are particularly uh, great at doing the smart ass answer, and then they'll turn around and give you a real thoughtful answer after they've done their smart ass answer. Um, another thing that I love about the dorm is the puns. I am terrible at puns, but there are several people in the dorm that are so fast with puns. I can't keep up with them because I'm laughing at the one that just came through and then three more come through and I'm behind. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I have found in the dorm, it is a huge support group if one is down or sad or they've had a rough day um they're having trouble with dealing with something or dealing with the politics of the day it's a safe place to go rant and or to suffer with others and there's always somebody there to give you a digital hug um, and make you feel better just because of the group of people that are there um, I've met up with four of the Pooligans. I've met up with our president for life and Barbie and JC and Kristen. We all met at Barbie's house in DC uh, about four weeks ago. And, or no, that was the end of April. I think it's nice and interesting how this group of people who have come to know each other digitally and you meet them face to face and it's like you've known them for life because they're welcoming they're the same in person as they are on the digital world and oftentimes that's not always true and then as julie mason has said it is just a wicked smart group of people and <laughs> i really have enjoyed getting to be a part of it oh thank you so much ma yeah making me feel like uh i should have done a little better that's what ma will do she encourages yeah. us all to do better by being organized and prepared no, <laughs> i just i can't think about it off the top of my head so i had to have to jot it down well i was just about ready to say that um ma is probably not a leo no i'm a taurus <laughs> there you go there you go three leos on this podcast and a taurus yes mm-hmm so can I, I'd like to second what Ma said about the support system, because, I mean, I have a great support system at home and family, but it was nice to have that additional sounding board uh, when I was going through what I was going through with, uh, with Penny. And uh, it was just fantastic to have other people that were, that were just right there. One of the things that never ceases to amaze me about all of you is how willing you are to to engage on a daily basis and to really be there for each other when it when it matters sometimes in the dorm itself sometimes also by dm sometimes without anybody else ever really knowing or hearing about it thank you thank you ma as far as politics go looking forward to 2020 same question i asked the two gentlemen i just hope i get through the next however many months it is I think it's going, no matter who the Democratic candidate is, I think it's going to be worse than it was the first time around because Trump feels like he's been unleashed. The, there's just so many things that make me sad because I'm not going to live to see my grandchildren get to be even middle-aged probably because of the age that I am. But the thought of the way the court system has been stacked and that they will probably be 50 years old before we can see any real changes again like what is going to take what i consider to be the tsunami of what's going to be happening in the court system now and that that's probably the most upsetting thing and the i can only hope that a democrat is elected so that we can stem the tide at some point in time so I do lots to try to get Democrats elected in this very red part of the state where I live, but um, I can get really down in the dumps, so I tend to <clears throat> not talk politics a whole lot around here. Well, that's what you have us for, Ma. That's right. That's right. And it's it's uh, a big relief to be able to have that. It's It's hard to live in a red state or a red portion of a state when you're not a Trumpy. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I feel for our pooligans that are trapped in a sea of red, which is what I was in southeast Georgia. Has that made a significant difference in your life, Bubbles, do you feel? No, I wouldn't say that, um, although I don't feel as futile going to the <laughs> to the booth to pull the levers 
uh, here as I did in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make me. I, I'm not. You know, my what the fuck meter is is, you know, generally a little bit more consistent and and mid rangey than most of it. Now, when they were putting kids in cages on the border, then I was I was doinking off the meter. But uh, you know, the rest of it, I, I can. I, it helps to have some training as a historian, you know, because there are times that were worse than this. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm not sure I take solace in that, but at least I can hold my breath long enough to hopefully. Now, if, if Trump gets reelected, man, I don't know what the hell's gonna. I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. You're just gonna take it one day at a time. Now, I don't even know if I can take it one day at a time if he gets reelected. Yeah, we'll do four more years of podcasts. Listen, as somebody <laughs> pointed out, and, and keeps it keeps getting pointed out in the dorm, one thing that happened from that election is we all would have never met That's right. if that election had not gone that way. So that's... You're absolutely right. That's looking at the bright side. That's actually actively fabricating a bright side, probably because really, in, in you know, compared to the misery that has been that has been created, of course, this would be a small price to pay not to have this podcast. But I'm just saying, for our purposes, yeah. very narcissistically and as a Leo, had that had that not happened, then all of us probably would have not met uh, in this particular context. So I, for whatever that's worth, I am very grateful for that part of so it. So in the vein of Absolutely. Monty Python, always look at the bright side of life. Yes, indeed. That's right. Oh. Yep. And I think we're going to usher in the next group of three. I love you all. Thank you for doing this on such a really short notice. Daniel, get some rest at some point. <laughs> yes, Daniel. Rest? What? I put it right up to my mouth is that any better oh my god this is exactly going how you would think a podcast with joanne would go exactly like that not exactly well but they're it's pretty early. damn close though uh i didn't have this problem last time i don't know and mike jack oh blue snowball we know that internal and jack is really bad so <laughs> that's in the hand of the beholder isn't it sounds oh, like she found it yeah i think you found the right button okay uh hello and now she's super loud oh, no. now, yeah. you can, now you can take the microphone a little bit away from your face <laughs> and then we will be that's in the, the sweet first spot. time anyone's ever said that to me <laughs> I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed already by how much of this is going to be in the actual podcast. All right, uh, I'm gonna flip this. Um, all right, now we're we're gonna start this thing, uh, and we're gonna start with Brendan because he didn't even know he was supposed to be here. Got a haircut in a hurry, recomposed or or transposed, I guess, a song, uh, and recorded it for this episode, which I'm eternally grateful for. At least he fixed himself up for us. Well, I was okay, so I had to get the haircut for a wedding this weekend and then are you going I to just, carol lee's wedding no i'm going <laughs> to my one of my best friends getting married in athens georgia um Whoa. so but i it was my last chance my last chance to do it and then so i like so i got the assignment from D- daniel he was like first of all i you're gonna do this song and second of all why don't you do this podcast and then i was like <laughs> okay and then i was like well real Quiz, quick, let's go grab a haircut, and then, um, and now we're here. This so. is the this is the level of just in case you ladies can't tell. This is the kind of dedication that we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I drove from Alabama to DC to be at brunch at parties. I don't want to ah. hear about dedication. Mm-hmm, that is very true. That is very true. Well, I got that a hooligans cool tattoo on my neck. Oh, there we go. Nice. She wins. That, that's the only reason why she's still allowed in here, really, is that she was the first one with a tattoo. And I went, I went neck tattoos. So you know, that's, that's commitment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. So I'm Brendan, and my Twitter handle is at Brendan America. For the past year, I think from where I am now to where I was maybe a year ago, probably on, like, maybe the third podcast, um, like, I'm way less on top of every single news item that I was a year ago. Like, I, it's just, there's been a bit of exhaustion. I, I make sure that I stay kind of, like, read up on everything. I still listen to Julie almost every day. But in, I'm way less just immersed in it because there's just too much all the time. 
Um, when I see people talking on social media about it, um, I'm usually exhausted by it. You know, there there's just so much like fury and constant just reactive energy all the time that I just don't want to engage in it as much. You know, it needs to be, you know, everyone just needs to take a cold shower. And that's what I think. That's a very good point. Cold showers, I think, are a great suggestion in general, Joanne. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> no, no, I meant <laughs> Joanne. And also, <laughs> uh, Brendan, how about how about job wise? Has anything changed for you? This is a leading question because oh, I know the answer. Oh yes. Well, okay. So I started. Um, uh, I, I like joined a realty company um, or a real estate company in February. And I picked them very specifically because um, they're 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 a smaller company, but they have so much experience. Everyone else at the company um, has been working at it for decades, so there's just so many people for me to get information from, um, including the the broker and the CEO. He basically like when, whenever I need something, he's right there to give me advice and everything. And so yeah. Um, However, at the same time, the moment I decided, like, I'm going to start, you know, doing a little less music stuff and a little more capitalism, I immediately was way overbooked music-wise. So it just, every <laughs> single time I tried to, like, escape some kind of artistic endeavor, I would automatically just be, you know, completely booked, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning to midnight, you know, playing and singing and doing stuff like that. So, um so a lot's going on in the real estate side of things, um, and it's really exciting, and it's really fun. It is really, really super fun, um, and it's a lot of work. As it turns out, just knowing so many people from living here for so long and and being a musician and you know just meeting everyone in the city of Atlanta ended up being quite useful for real estate. I remember when the last time we talked, you definitely had some trepidation about that, doing that real estate thing and sort of quote unquote selling out. And I really, I'm really saying that quote unquote, but it sounds like it worked out in a positive way, ultimately. Yes, no, it does. It definitely feels, I don't feel like I sold anything out. Um, mm -hmm. I'm feeling quite still myself, if not more myself. It feels like I just have more options on things to do to make you know, dollars and less stress about hustling every minute of the day. However, I'm still stressed out and hustling every minute of the day. I'm just <laughs> not stressed out existentially by that. What do you think about looking forward to, to this next year? What do you anticipate? Well, okay, I don't know if I should just straight up talk about who I like and who I, you know, when I, when the, when the primaries first started out, I liked um, Kamala and Beto, and now I'm kind of moving more towards liking Warren and um, Buttigieg. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, I don't have any doubt in my mind that the Democrats won't do something to mess up the primary. <laughs> um, what I am weary of is a Biden coronation. I, I kind of like I liked Sanders the last time as a foil for Hillary Clinton, but I'm not as much into him this time. Like I kind of I could do without Biden and Sanders in the race in general. Um, but it, I don't have trepidation. I just can't wait to like watch the debates, like in the returns. I love watching election returns. I love watching debates. Can I ask you one more question about about the the past year as as a gay man in the South? Mm -hmm. Do you feel that anything has changed for you over the past year? Do you feel any of the pressures that that Trump has put on LGBTQ? Mm, in Atlanta, it doesn't really feel like the South. I mean, weather-wise it does, but you're not <laughs> dealing with, um, I mean, no. Um, however, if I were like a trans person in the military or a trans person in general or, um, you know, a person of color, I might have a, a different opinion. I think Trump has definitely done some damage to the psyche and in straight up the rights of um, gay people and minorities and women, even if it's just in, you know, encouraging the culture. 
he has definitely done that um you know caused some issues personally i have avoided any kind of um trepidation or as i don't know the right word but i i haven't had to deal with any anything personally because of it no Okay, that's good to know. So all in all, actually, not a, it sounds like not a bad year. No, no, much like I'm, I think I'm in a much better place right now than I was a year ago, even though I don't think I was too bad off a year ago. <laughs> okay, perfect. <clears throat> Ready? <laughs> um, not going to do like a three, two, <laughs> sorry. I'm being goofy. There it is. So I'm Joe. Um, I tweet at, to use the kids' language, uh, at Jojo from Jers, uh, which is um, because I live in New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey, and my name is Joe. <laughs> so. thank, thank you for that <laughs> explainer. That is, I'm glad that we, we covered that. Yeah, that's the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think, speaking personally for myself, that I've probably changed more in the past year um, than maybe the, the 30 prior combined. Um, and I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that it's specifically connected to, um, you know, the pooligans, but um, obviously the news cycle, social media, uh, Twitter in particular, um, finding commonality with people um, from all the corners of the country uh, as a comfort but also as a sounding board um, is a sanity saver. Um, And it's actually sort of helped define relationships in my life with more clarity, which is the strangest sort of like combination of things. But um, I've pulled away from people that I've been around my entire life because they've identified themselves now um, as racist and um, bigoted and intolerant. and willing to overlook so many things um, that I've found myself gravitating towards people who are more like-minded. Um, and so in that sense, um, things like Twitter and our group, um, the podcast, uh, have changed my basic dynamic of relationships in my life. So that's one of the big changes for me. I mean, some of the people I think of as the closest to me in my life at the moment I have never even met <laughs> physically <laughs> it's a bizarre thing to say um, that's not my dog by the way Scroat is not barking <laughs> that is my neighbor's dog actually <laughs> can't do anything about it you could yeah <laughs> never mind <laughs> we, we don't tell her to do something about it Joe do not <laughs> there's a jersey in me I just checked it <laughs> <laughs> Um, that that's one of the big changes for me. Same sort of question to you as as I posed to Brandon. What is it like looking forward for you? Are you are you anxious about what's about to happen here? Are you do you like what you see unfolding? What do you think? There's it's a combination. I think um, I'm exhausted right by it all. I think we all are, and I think that that fatigue um, is very dangerous and it does worry me. The biggest thing that worries me though is the degradation of just like basic norms mm-hmm. and the expectations of you know how presidents behave how congress is supposed to behave how these institutions work our relationship between our political figures and our media um you know those those things have to be rebuilt or they're just not going to be right there's there he goes Um, like it's bizarre to me that we have all these scandals, people not complying with subpoenas. We have, um, you know, the Mueller report, which volume two, you know, basically outlines a case to indict someone for obstruction of justice. And yet it gets lost. It's all lost in the everyday onslaught of everything. and, And it's all fairly normal. It to be so topsy turvy, and that is daunting, and that's what scares me the most moving forward. Like, how do we ever really get back to what we once knew as abnormal <laughs> or normal? <laughs> so, that's um, that's not. I don't have a lot of optimism about that. 
That's going to be a fun act to follow. That just <laughs> turned into a super bummer. Luckily, Kristen, Kristen oh, has an oh. uplifting story about things. Yeah, okay. sorry. I'm Kristen. I tweet at kchatlin22. And, you know, I've got a few ways being a pooligan has affected me. Um, I live in Alabama. That will be important later. I don't feel so isolated. It's really nice to have like a little like-minded political family to endure the mess that is the Trump administration with me. Um, everybody in the room has such a wealth of knowledge of political events. And I, I'm one of the group's millennials. So I'll, I'll wear that badge. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just started following politics really when Trump started to rise. And I, I just thought there's no way that this man's going to win, and he did. And lots of people in the group give me a lot of uh, perspective on everything that brings me a little bit of comfort. Um, like Joe said, though, I mean, what do we have now if the norms are broken, though? Um, it also brings me some much-needed humor because I'm of the opinion that with, with the Trump administration, if you don't laugh, you cry. Mm. But um, yes. I had a really big thing happen last week. It is Pride Month, and uh, I picked my kids up from their dads the day that Julie did the segment, um, Do We Still Need Pride Month? My personal opinion on that is as long as Mike Pence holds a position of power, yes, Pride Month is a necessary thing. Um, and I'm kind of envious of Brendan being in a bigger city and uh, a state that's likely to turn purple, if not blue, soon. Um, we live in a town a little bit north of Montgomery that only has about 8,000 people in it. And uh, I have a daughter who's going to be 12 next month and a son who is uh, 14 and a half now. Um, he, and he's a fabulous kid. She is, too. They're both very creative. But my son um, is carrying on my political activism. Um, he's uh, really big on countering the anti-vaccine movement. And just he's 14 and he knows Trump isn't normal and isn't doing the right thing. And that just speaks volumes to me. Um, but uh, when Julie was asking for those tweets um, about do we still need Pride Month, several people tweeted in about the mayor in Carbon Hill, Alabama, who had posted on Facebook that LGBTQ people should be killed. Mm. And... Uh, you know, we were, we were almost back home at that point, and uh, my daughter looked at me and said, Really, Mom? That scares me. Mm. And I myself, I'm bisexual. I've known this since I was 12 or 13 years old. Um, but, you know, the position I hold at work and everything, I don't make it a widely known fact. Um, and I've been wondering for the last few months if I was depriving my children of knowing they would be loved and accepted and supported if they made similar decisions in life. Um, and, you know, they're 12 and 14. Do you think they're a little young for that? But good gosh, 12 and 14-year-olds are, are like 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds. You know, when when I was in high school with all the knowledge and information that they, they have access to. And, um, you know, I, told, I showed them that I'd been wearing the uh, Pride watch face on my Apple Watch this month. And... Uh, you know, they said, oh, that's really cool, Mom. And I said, you know, I've been thinking for a long time. Maybe I should tell you guys that I'm bisexual and that whichever path you choose in life, you know, I'm going to support you no matter what. I'm your mom. That's what I'm here for. And uh, they both looked at me and said, Mom, I'm pansexual. And my daughter said that she may be non-binary. And so it was really neat to get to have that that open honest conversation with my children because julie made a natural prompt for it it was a really neat day i went to work out after that and uh, i never <laughs> felt my feet hit the treadmill it's the fastest <laughs> workout i've ever done i was so jazzed how has that been since was that ever addressed again has that like opened a sort of a faucet of conversation or was that that moment and they they felt like they were able to share something important to them you know it's um it's created an open dialogue um, between us i'm not married to their father anymore he lives two miles down the road they literally split their time 50 50 with us um and uh, they they both told me i said does your dad know and they said no we don't feel comfortable telling him because his girlfriend's really christian and, uh, you know, that kind of gave me an in with my daughter. My daughter is such a daddy's girl, and my son's a mama's boy, and not in a derogatory way. They just both tend towards one parent or the other. 
and I, I always thought as my daughter got a little older, surely she would need mom a little more. But, you know, she, she started shaving her legs. She went and got her hair cut off with her dad. And I started to feel really left out. But, but it occurred to me, this is an in I have with my daughter. You know, something that she's going to feel comfortable with me because I identify with her. And it's brought me a whole lot of peace in my relationship with her lately. That's one of my favorite stories of the past year. Oh, it makes me so happy. Um, I, I'm a big Pete Buttigieg fan. It has nothing to do with his sexuality. I think it, it, he speaks my language being three years older than I am. I think it's amazing that he served mm -hmm. in the military. I really respect why he probably had to go through serving in the military as a gay man. And it just, he's got the chops like nobody I've ever seen before. He's so charismatic. I think he's at least guaranteed VP or a cabinet position. If a male's at the ticket, I think at the top of the ticket, I think a woman will take VP. But I think he's really made an awesome showing. And I like what he has to say about, you know, it's time to hand the reins over to the people that are going to have to deal with, with the debt and the climate change issues and you know like you guys have blundered around for long enough you know we have ideas we're passionate about it we're motivated and, and you know it's it's time to see what kind of ideas this next generation can come up with and I think maybe Trump has helped to motivate people my age I have always always voted even before I was this fiercely political but I think if there's one good thing that came from the Trump administration it got everybody's attention and showed us how important voting was. I heard um, on POTUS today that, that more people sat out this last election because we were given two crappy choices, but that's not an excuse. More people sat out this last election than voted for Trump and Hillary combined. Um, I think it's time for candidates that inspire us, um, like Pete Buttigieg. And moving forward, like Joe said, the norms, I think it's going to be a drastic mistake if we don't codify our norms that Trump has broken into law so this can't happen again. Stuff like releasing your tax returns when you run for office, you know, uh, maybe hardening what obstruction of justice would uh would uh const what would constitute obstruction of justice you know uh, making these subpoenas a little more of a big thing so it's not you know i saw in the uh, new york times hope fix or hope hicks facing the existential question does she comply with a subpoena no that's not an existential question that is you comply or you face the punishment i just i just think He's he's shown us parts of our democracy that are broken and easily taken advantage of, and I think would be foolish not to codify those things into law after this. Really, really excellent point, Kay. Very, very, very good. Thank you. Does anybody want to say anything about the POTUS press pool? Oh, it just keeps me laughing at stuff when it's an environment that I would not be able to laugh in stuck down here in Alabama. Julie, Julie brings an element of lightness and levity and her own perspective, having covered, you know, the Bush White House and, you know, be, being so into politics for as long as she's been. She pulls me back from a cliff sometimes. Yeah, I definitely, it's you know, I listen to a lot of things, um, and I get my information from a lot of places, but it just, it helps to wash it down with, you know, the press pool. It's just a much, it's a healthy, healthy dialogue. <laughs> and, um, and there's also, there's, you know, the, a lot of the dialogue rhetoric, I guess, that I see, even among my friends, um, it is kind of volatile in the sense that, like, it, it, it just can be so dramatic um and i i call it reactive a lot of the times like i'm starting to call people like reactivists because they just like they need to have a you know frothing screaming panic attack you know based on whatever controversy you know half of the time half of the time it's not even a controversy where i will see people posting news articles from like 2014 like it's happening right now with just like you know angry you know diatribes about trump and it's just kind of like this this had nothing to do with him this is an article from 2014 it had, like like you just <laughs> like quit it stop doing that you know like we don't need to be angry all the time and um and and i'm much happier not being angry all the time especially over um 
over fake, you know, controversies and, you know, canards and such. Yeah, I think mm. we probably have enough of those as it is. Um, uh, Joe? Yeah? You're being so quiet, it's kind of disquieting. No, I, I have to say, like, I, I, I don't, um, I haven't, I think I said this in the dorm the other day, I, ha I haven't really been engaging as much with even, even like, news on the radio. Uh, I've kind of, I've, I've pulled away from television news, from radio news. Um, I'm trying to... It's, it's a good and bad thing because I'm trying to, to, to get a lot of my information from Twitter, which is like, you know, uh, basically the people that I want to follow giving me information, which is dangerous, right? We all mm. know that. But, um, and then I try and listen to music in the car now. Uh, my kids <sighs> are getting so fatigued by me constantly being like, shh, shh, quiet, wait, wait, what do you say? What do you say? Mm -hmm. um, but, but I have to say that uh, agreeing with everybody else about um, the press pool, um, like Julie does have a way of cooling the temperature in the room you know um and, and that's so valuable right now because it is easy to be a reactivist right because like those kinds of emotions are super easy to go to when you're upset and frustrated and you, and you can't change anything um, joe how old are your kids mine uh my boy is nine and my daughter is six so. how do they do listening to politics in the car um Excellent question. I appreciate that because it's funny. Leo is nine. Um, he really listens now. I mean, most of the time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He's, so the things that scare him and the things that he really perks up in his ears tune into are when they talk about the environment and science in particular because he's got mm -hmm. a very scientifically geared mind. And I was watching, oh, here I say I wasn't watching news, but I did, I wasn't <laughs> watching, I did catch Christy Tal Whitman on CNN this morning when I dropped the kids off at school because she was my governor and I crash landed in her backyard in a hot air balloon and so I feel like, you know, somebody I should listen <laughs> whoa, to. Whoa, whoa, story for another podcast, Daniel. Yeah, definitely, definitely for another podcast. You have to remind me to get that story in, yeah, Joe. There's yeah. no way that we're not covering that story. Well, it was either her backyard or some electric line. So I'm here thanks to Christy Todd Whitman. <laughs> Thank you, the you, Lord. We would lose all those awesome puns. Oh, my. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 what can I say? You have a gift, <laughs> Joe. It's a, I'm a pun slinger. <laughs> mm -hmm. Such a pun slinger. Totally. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but I didn't have anything profound to say except that I crash landed. Science. And the, 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 the dismantling of facts and scientific facts make my son sit up and listen in the car. Does your nine-year-old son even know how off-base this man is? Oh, I told you guys he wants to throw a blueberry pie at his friggin' golf club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he calls that him. was last year. Yeah, I only that's the only time I let him say fuck. Sorry. God, how far off-base are we if our children know this is madness? At least yeah. maybe we have hope for the future. I had a friend who is actually a Republican, and the there was a news clip. It was it was today or yesterday where he was talking about his his speech in Normandy, talking about how, mm. you know some people have said it was the best speech ever made by yeah. a president, and like the this this girl's a Republican just just says he is so full of shit, like just like <laughs> damn. absolutely awesome. damn. <laughs>